Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse our podcast. Thank you, Nolan, and thank you very much for listening to the latest episode of the Geek Apocalypse podcast. You're very welcome to join us. My name's Stephen, and this is part two of The Beast from the East. Um, will the young Russian come over and beat the up-and-coming UK person because he is the beast from the East? Call 0191. <laughs> it's like, that's really what we joked about in part one, hence why I called the beast from the East, because it sounded like a boxing showdown, and like, it's like some up-and-coming Russian who's like the beast, who's known as the beast, and it's the beast from the East because everything in media has to rhyme. Uh, but yes, yeah, so anyway, so that's what we were joking about, hence why this is part two. Um, you know, I wish I could have done it like the cinema guy, like, you know, one goal, one dream, will he do it? Because apparently, like my girlfriend Haley says all the time, does he overcome adversity? Because if he does, it's a film. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for joining uh, the Geek Podcast podcast. I said there's part two for bandwidth reasons, basically, so um, to help with the file size. Because um, we don't really necessarily talk about Beast from the East too much, but it is part two because it's the same podcast that we did. Um, because jokingly, me and Ricky said, oh, we need to wrap this up right now and then continue to talk for another hour. So that's what you'll hear when the audio kicks in. That we go, we need to wrap this up and then talk for another hour because that's what me and Ricky do because we're good friends. So I hope you enjoy uh, uh, this episode, um, you know, this part two for this edition. And obviously, we mean no offense to anybody who had any problems in the Beast from the East. And for those that don't know, Beast from the East was like our UK maybe was a weather front that came over and snowed everyone in and it was really 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 cold by UK standards so um, we obviously mean no offence to people who had any troubles during that period of time we're just talking joking about the headline it's a bit like we were thinking about scientists or whoever it was who decide on hurricanes is that we think that they decide that it's just their girlfriend's uh, their ex-girlfriends who they really haven't got over so they go I'm going to call this like Hurricane Irene because Irene was such a bitch and they really like <laughs> just amused us with this idea and then we thought Beast of the East had like a boxing, boxing headline so there you go so we mean no offence so yeah so Ricky um, is a uh, co-host of Mentally Sound with me and occasionally is on this podcast so obviously we encourage you to check out that podcast as well it's a mental health show that we do on the radio here in the northeast of England which is where we're based we're based from Newcastle um, so yeah, I encourage you to check out that podcast, it's doing really well, we're going to release February's edition of that really soon, so it's a once a month, once a month show, so uh, do hope you check out that. Um, in terms of up and coming Geek Apocalypse episodes, we've got a lot coming up which I'm really excited about. Gary O'Brien who does some Star Trek short films, he does fan made versions of Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, he um, emailed me about expressing interest being on the show which is excellent, so he's going to be on uh, in a week or so. Um, and so Paul Cram as well, who's been on the show before, uh, he was a voice actor for a book of a guest of ours that was on, so he expressed an interest being on by himself, so that's going to happen towards the end of March, as well as we have Alex from Battlebards, who's a good friend of the show who's on to talk about a really um, big bit of news that he told me about, so he'll be on towards the end of the month as well, which I'm excited about, but that pretty much covers it, um, I'm at geek underscore apocalypse on the tweets, but this is Beast from the East, who you decide. But yeah, 
um, but no, so, um, so anyway, so you answered about the beast from the each and what it's been affecting you, so I guess I'll just say, as we wrap things up, um, just how it's affected me, just like, um, it's been hard to get, um, round of the dog, um, because, uh, uh, that's been quite problematic. Um, I've seen a lot of dog owners like sort of uh, you know sliding around like they're doing dancing on ice, um, which is uh, funny but like quite terrifying. Uh, my at the same. social media has been filled with people sending pictures of their dogs in snow and cats. And yeah, I imagine that's like I had, I, I've been sending that to my girlfriend. Like that's I would never put it on social media because it gets annoying. But um, we've been doing that a little bit. Um, list uh, my 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 dog saw this stuff for those that might not have listened before, and. Um, he decided today, which I thought was hilariously awful, is that I opened the back door for him. He took one look outside and saw, saw about, like, um, however many inches of snow and, and, like, could barely get out the door. And he just went, no, I'm not doing that. And then pooed on the floor. Uh, <laughs> and then just and then ran away. And I went, thanks, Lister. That's really great. Um, and he just, I tried to get, like, pick him up. Is that, like, a sudden, because of a sudden bout of anxiety? No, no, I think he just looked and went, I don't want to go out there, so I'll just poo here, I'll be fine. Oh, I think that's pretty much what he did. And what was annoying is, I tried to pick him up to get him to move, and he just refused to move. So I went, oh, God. So I was a little annoyed. Um, yeah, he seems to just not want to... It's great as well, because um, what my, fr- my, my girlfriend Haney sent me a picture of, which was great, she sent me a picture of her backyard, and it had the little footprints, because she's only got a little tiny shih tzu. And it showed the footprints of, like, how far he left the house. And she just put a smiley face going, he really, like, went really far this time. And it literally is, like, about four footprints, a little wee mark, and then a little, a, like, the wee right straight back in. Like, he literally went as 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 small amount of distance as he could to do what he needed to do and then just ran back in the house. Which is like, you know, dogs are so hilarious. This reminds um, me of the, uh, yeah, that, that famous motto, yeah, don't eat yellow snow. Like <laughs> oh, God, it's, it's really obvious with dogs, like, yeah, when this has done it today, it's like, it yeah. just dissolves the snow, so, like, it's weird, oh, yeah. Do, do, do both the dogs get on, have they? Uh, we, we've, uh, that's the, um, I've got news on that in terms of, pro, like, what we're thinking of doing, I need to talk to my girlfriend about it tomorrow, because it is a problem, obviously. Um, they've only met each other once, which I think we discussed on a podcast before. Um, so what we've been doing is she's just been, our dog's been just staying at my at her sister's, and I've been taking Lister with me to hers. That's the current schedule. But obviously, being a considerate boyfriend, I'm like, I don't want that to continue forever. I mean, we've only been going out a couple of months, so it's not a huge deal right now. But obviously, don't want to delay it too too much. So. Um, a situation came up as well where our sister brought the dog back early and Lister was there, so that 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 reinforced like we really need to do something about it just in case something happens. So my plan is because I was talking to um, some of my other friends about this and we're thinking of taking. Well, I I am going to bring up with that tomorrow and I think she'll be okay with it because at first we're going we'll get we'll get Lister trained, but then if you look at like really professional training, it's shit expensive. Um, a bit like vet bills and everything. It's like uh, do- dogs and pets are the greatest thing, but they're shit expensive to, you know, that they're, they're, they're easy to maintain. It's just all uh, uh, everybody cashes in on pets, is what I keep hearing. Um, you know, vets pay you pay more than human beings to get them fixed and all that kind of thing. It's it's not it's not fun. It's not fun. Um, so we're gonna take them to a well. What I'm gonna recommend because I think the both the dogs should go, so we can work on them both at the same time. 
is even though like Ozzy's more sociable, but I'm just saying to help Lister get comfortable with the idea. It's like, well, why not work with the dog who I want him to get on with? Like, to me, that makes sense. And also, if Haley comes with me, then we can see what we both need to do because it needs to be a collective job. Mm-hmm. Is we're going to take them to social dog classes, and there's actually a class, like a course thing, that's actually in, not far from here. Um, uh, like not far, like sort of out of Newcastle, not far from my house at all. Um, and it's relatively cheap, and it's like a six-week thing, and you can do one-on-one sessions with just a couple of dogs. Um, so we could either either do that or go to the group ones with a bunch of other dog owners and just see what happens. Um, so I think that's going to be the long-term solution because we kind of need to do that. Um, I'm I'm fairly confident because. Although my dogs are staffy, which people listening might have got staffies or know about staffies, go, Stephen, you've got no chance. It's just because they, they're brilliant humans, shit with dogs. Um, but Lister's relatively young still, and I don't think it's the case of that he like freaks out and wants to attack everything because he's not that type of dog. It's more defense thing and a bit like anxious all over the place. Um, and he did calm down the one time that he did meet um, Ozzy, who's Haley's dog. So um, I just think it's the it, it, he's not disciplined as opposed to he's got a problem. Um, so and there's situations where I'm walking along and listening to something while I'm walking walking him along, and you'll see a dog and you'll start like moaning and kind of like excited, like I want to go play, I want to go play type type reaction, not. Bark, 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 because he doesn't bark at all. Like he's, he's a weird dog in that sense. He doesn't bark aggressively or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a personal space thing. He doesn't like people being around him, like dogs being around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took, and you know, when I first got him, it took him a bit of time to get used to me. So that's how I look at it. I'm like, I just think if we did this six week course, like intense, like working on it, and then do stuff in between, like what they recommend, I think like we can get there um, over time. Um, and I hope so because we've already had that conversation of if if we can't make this work, I really doubt we're going to convince either each other to get rid of one of our dogs because that's really the only way that would be able to continue in terms of us like you know the long term look of living together and all that kind of stuff. Um, being that we're thirty, you've got to think of these things. You know that's ultimately what I would want with somebody. So it does lead to that question of if we can't make this work then it won't work out which would suck because i'm having such a great time and i think it does have a long-term future and i think if we do figure this out i think it will be um very difficult to screw up <laughs> i see that now they like fast forward six months later i really was so amazing i really miss that um if only the fucking dogs got on but um <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm fairly optimistic i just think um, I've just been trying to convince Haley because Haley wants it fixed because we really get on and we're really in the soppy mode. She wants it to be a quick fix, and I've been just trying to trying to like you know describe to her like it's going to take time, and obviously it's my problem because it's my dog, but it's our problem in terms of us getting on. Um, I don't like the fact that like I've only met her dog a couple of times because of that situation, like because it's either we only spend like a few hours together because we don't want to leave either of our dogs on their own. Or we, in order to stay over, one of the dogs has to leave, and because her sister likes her dog, and her, her dog, their dogs really like each other, she doesn't find it that problematic. But it is not nice because she's not with her dog for a day and a half, and if you're a dog owner, that sort of feels like a long time. Like not having your dog in your own house feels a bit weird. Um, so I completely understand. So I'm trying to be 
Um, it's interesting. If anyone's got any, if, if anyone who's listening is any dog owners and has got any advice for me, please do email me. Um, if you think, if you can think of anything, I have talked to when I was at university a couple of weeks ago, and um, one of my colleagues uh, has a stuffy crossbreed, um, a lot older than Lister. And she gave me a lot of friendly advice and actually said what I was sort of starting to do with the whole lead. Just like, do everything on the lead first. Get them comfortable with each other and be consistent. And then, bloody bloody blah, go from there. Um, so hopefully it'll work out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is ongoing, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it was a Facebook status, it would be ongoing. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, but no, it's constantly in our thoughts because, as I just said, it's like it it ruins the long term long term potential. It's like a deal breaker potentially. If if but you know, I don't really want to think that far ahead. Um, what I do want to think about it is it working out <laughs> and being fine. So that's going to happen relatively soon. But yeah, just in terms of beast and the to 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 clarify about the beast on the east thing. Obviously, people listening from the UK, I hope everyone's okay and um, these are all you know got the heating on and uh dealing with things okay um but yeah speaking of my girlfriend like for example i'm supposed to see her tomorrow it looks like that might not happen if the transport's all well my my mum's due to meet her surgeon who operated on her knee Mm -hmm. and this is like the first review that she's um scheduled to meet so we're gonna have to ring early in the morning to see if it's still on because um like uh, it's at the nuffield you know in chesman that's on the other end oh yeah 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 (laughs) It's funny. It's it's funny you say that because um, there was some sort of miscommunication between my mom and the hospital when she was getting a finger. Uh, she broke a finger a few weeks ago, and more than that now, six weeks ago. And um, there was some sort of mix-up with the letters. So she got sent a letter saying we need to see you on the Thursday the first. When the last time we saw them two weeks ago, they went we don't need to see you for eight weeks, and they made an appointment for the second week of April or something. Um, so I went. That doesn't make any sense. So when we went to the physio on Monday, we went, do we need to be at this Thursday thing? So they rang the surgery and went, no, it's a mistake. We don't quite know what. So I was so relieved. So I was, you know, when you said that you've got something on tomorrow, I was thinking that's exactly what I would think because I'm so glad I'm not having to go to the hospital with me out tomorrow because I imagine <laughs> it's a night, it'll be a nightmare. There was a, there was a bold up at our physio as well last week. So so me the, the guy... I mean, he's a good physio, you know, I think he's good. Sometimes he's a bit sort of like stern, but stern in a good way. Like, I don't mean, like, I'm not making a radio reference here. <laughs> I know, yeah, you stern as in, as in um, no, to the point, to the point, yeah. Pushy, but in a good way, pushy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, because ultimately, you know, you want the person to be back on their feet and able again, and so sometimes you have to be a bit harsh. So he, he said to me, Mum, right, no more wheelchairs this time, because it's a bit of a walk from reception to physio. So the the last two three times she's been, she's always had like a, a wheelchair um, being um, pushed up by a porter. But he specifically said, right, next time you come in, you're going to walk all the way. If you want to stop midway, you can do. Mm-hmm. So we turned up and we walked and we again, yeah, mum, she was doing okay. She was a bit, it was a bit painful, so she stopped halfway. We got up. Um, Got up to physio and there was no one at reception and I could I could sense immediately something isn't isn't right. Um, we ended up bumming up to the bumming into the guy the, the porter um, who 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 we met a couple of times who who wheeled me mum a couple of, uh, before and and you know were like hi and stuff and I said and we were waiting like you know twenty minutes and I said to him is everything all right there seems to be a delay and he says well. Well, I think everyone's on a lunch break at the moment. I was like, lunch break? Because, like, it says on the appointment card, like, 
And why would you make an appointment time when the staff were on lunch anyway? So by the time the staff came back, which was like you know after half an hour, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't see I couldn't see the, the this physio in question. Um, so by the time someone was at, was at reception, I says, um, "Is there is, is Andy here?" And he says, "She says uh, no, he's down at the gym." I'm like what? He says, "We told us to turn up." <laughs> and he says, uh, "And they looked at the appointment card because like, well, I can tell you're not lying because this is definitely his handwriting." And they just put their hands up and say it's been a balls up. So this this female um, physio very kindly. Um, luckily she had a cancellation and she saw me mum instead. And so yeah, obviously hospitals don't always get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's the whole thing because my mum's been a bit confused at the minute with uh, with all the stuff that's happening. I guess I can provide an update with that on here because obviously I can speak about this more openly on here than I can on Mentally Sound, for example. Is um is um what they think is essentially happening with my mom, uh, which she's going to get reviewed shortly for our Parkinson's, because for those listening for the first time, my mom has Parkinson's and she's currently dealing with a very severe depression. Can I just, can I just quickly say something? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, because I hope that when you when you talk about this, you'll 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 remember this point because on our last mentally sound show, I remember we were talking about counselling. Mm-hmm. Uh, with reference to your mum, and then you said, "Remind me to talk about that later on." But I think we ran out of time. Oh, I might have done, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we, so you can pick up on that point in, in this point if you want. Oh yeah, but like, well, just that um, you can. Uh, what I think I was getting that in regards to that was that like my mum doesn't do counsel. She's decided not to do it for now, which is very frustrating because I do think she should do it. But um, you know, she was very much not somebody who ever got any counselling, and she's seventy-two and deciding to get counselling. And I just was making the point, probably on the radio show, that like you should consider doing that no matter what age you are, and like you can change anything at any time. Um, and, and as long as it benefits you, that's what you should be doing. But anyway, so my mom's had a bout of depression for a while, and she's been been like having bouts of confusion, not being able to take her tablets. She's had moments where she feels good and moments when she feels terrible. Anyone who's dealt with depression will know what I'm talking about um, and um, yeah it's just uh, so we were trying to work out ultimately what it was you know is it the grief of losing our sister last year um, is it the living at home which I think is the fact living on her own which I think is the factor um, so what she had a review last Thursday so no it would have been two weeks ago um, uh, yeah so it would have been about two weeks ago and um, and the doctor from the mental health for elderly people uh, reviewed her case and said so she takes this patch that she puts on her arm for her Parkinson's and it basically absorbs in her skin every day and they they changed it last year from 4 milligrams to 6 milligrams in terms of strength and she started to get loads of OCD like symptoms so that was like part of the problem to begin with so that was part of the symptoms she was going through as well as the severe depression so they lowered that back down and said, we think we've made a mistake, that's, that, that's clearly not helped you. And some of our OCD stuff went away. So the guys reviewed the case recently, the, this new doctor who's got a, obviously a second opinion, and went, hmm, that's interesting, so you've, got, you've had benefit from the patch. I'm wondering whether we should recommend that you should probably get rid of that patch completely. Because she's been wearing that patch all, every day, all day, since 2009 or something. Um, so not the whole time she's had Parkinson's, but quite a lot. And um, so yeah, so they, so the basically, I had this hunch, and I think I brought this up in the last mentally sound. 
I had a hunch that it was that, you know, when you take long-term medication, it stops having its effectiveness when, you know, because of how long you take it. So ultimately, I think that's that they're suggesting that might be the case, particularly with her patches, is that she's getting all the side effects, if you read the side effects of that particular patch, and clearly not getting any benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So they want the doctor from Rake Lane to confirm that. Um, so once that happens, uh, so I'm getting a bit of feedback. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so once the um, doctor from the Rake Lane confirms that, um, hopefully that'll that'll be what happened. And in the meantime, which is obviously worrying because when you hear when you say this word, you go, "Oh my god!" As he went, "I'm going to give you an Alzheimer tablet," and we were and me sister like you know almost fainted. Then he went, "Don't worry, it's not for Alzheimer's. This is the reason I'm giving you it. It's to do with what the tablet will do for you because she's having a bit of memory loss." Or as in, like, not got a great memory. It's not memory loss as in forgetting everything. It's just not remembering things very well. And also the low mood. Um, you know, having cry, crying periods and struggling to cope with everyday stuff. So, um, But I, I've got to say, as a big shout to my mum, and she won't be able to listen to this because she doesn't use the internet, but um, I, I, I should re- I, I'm mentally proud of her in the sense of, like, um, she's she's really someone to look up to. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we've had differences like you do with any parent, but and she's not perfect by any means. But the the things that she stands for is what leads me to be a compassionate person because she's a great role model in that sense. Like she's unbelievably caring and giving to other people, um, and that's something I greatly admire about her. Because um, we're talking about sorting our will out because you kind of do when you reach a certain age. I mean, I think she'll still be around for a quite a, quite a while yet, but um, she's donating her body to medical science, which um, I think is like a phenomenally amazing thing. You know, which is weird considering she's religious, but... But you know, in a way, that, that's kind of topical because recently Parliament has been dis- discussing, like, organ donation. Yeah, making it, making it. Isn't, isn't the idea about making it, like, you have to do it? An opt-out yeah. thing. Yeah. Basically, it's there, and... and you, if you've got specific religious or any other circumstances where you prefer not to, so you have that option, but otherwise, then yeah, your organs are okay. mandatory. Yeah, I, I totally am on board for that, and um, yeah. um, because I, I I do kind of think you know once the whatever way you want to define it, your soul or your mind leaves you, then your body is just, you know, we're, we're just, we're, we're just you know, servants to, in our body. Like, you know, our body just provides us what we need. Like, the, it's our mind. It's the most important thing. So once we disappear, that's it. Um, so you might as well, you know, donate your body to do something, you know, resourceful. Um, so I'm super proud of my mom for doing that, considering this whole religious thing. And it also means, as my sister brought this up, it does also mean, and I know this comes, this might, apologies if this offends anybody, but you know, doesn't mean you're right if you're offended, I'm just saying, um, this is just all of you, is that it means that you don't have to do the whole coffin and stay in the dead body and all that kind of thing, which I don't think is necessary, like, I'd, I've never really understood that, um, when you lose somebody, um, obviously, you'll, you know, if you're with them when they pass on, you're obviously going to see them no longer being here, but like, I, I like that. I like yeah. that idea, and as I, and obviously the most important thing, and it's obvious to say, but she's going to donate her body to to, to like Parkinson's research, so that so she wants to help people 
who have suffered with okay. her condition. So, like, I don't know if it's specifically Parkinson's, but I'm pretty certain that's what she wants to do. But it's it's medical research. So, good for her. So it's not as necessarily organ donor, but it is still an unbelievably brilliant thing to do and a very selfless thing to do. And considering she's religious, it's interesting because you would think she wouldn't want to touch her body. They want to preserve it or something. But she, she has the whole premise, like probably a lot of Christians do, of that it's more the soul passing on to the afterlife as opposed to your body. Um, going on going on the point of you being proud, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm equally proud of the way my mum's gotten through with everything. Hmm. There, are, there are frustrations, like I've talked to you before about men, on Mentally Sound, like, you know, it's more the negative, um, the pessimistic side to her, which, which, which is frustrating. But otherwise, she's coped with everything else really quite well. Um, she has this annoying thing that whenever she talks to people on the phone, she has this like she has this like voice where she'll say, "Oh, I'm struggling." Oh, when you know. <laughs> like, oh, my mom does that. It's almost like in a wanting pity in a way, but then, mm-hmm. and that's what her carers and physio people try and tell her that yes, we we understand the pain aspect of it, but you have to realize, look how far you've come. Mm. Um, it's only been five weeks since the operation. You're you and you're you down to just using one stick, mm-hmm. uh, whereas before you know crutches and. But, I'm, but I'm so pleased you said that because I think we should plug this for the next mentally sound because I want to talk about this in more detail. So we'll do it on mentally sound, I think, because um it's obviously more relevant on that show. But um, it's, it's just what you said is really relevant, and it's, it's what I was wanting to say. I'll I'll do the brief version. I'll talk about it more on the next. Mentally sound, which um, you know, I'll mention in the introduction is going to be ninth of March, isn't it? So um, uh, on Spice FM, twelve, twelve till two, um, GMT time. So um, which is the other show we do for those that don't know. So uh, yeah, is um, I wanted to say like some pointers about depression because you just gave a great example of that. Um, because my man does exactly the same thing is she'll complain and it starts this snowball of being ultra critical about everything and seeing how shit things are and going like this is shit that shit you know like she'll go why do you make me wake up at a different time and i go ma'am you've woke up the same time for since you've had this condition i'm not making you do that well what about my legs you know my legs are funny and you know look i can't walk and then she'll walk normally to a different part of the room and then i'm like ma'am this makes no sense every time we went to hospital and bearing in mind we've went to physio every week for the last six weeks till now where they're not seeing with her a good three weeks she just went i need a wheelchair and i'm like ma'am you've dislocated your finger like and i'm like i swear to god this is true and i don't want to i'm not denigrating my mom i'm just reinforcing that depression can be weird on people and i don't like I'm, i'm i understand it so i'm not for a second but i'm just seeing how ridiculous it is some of the time because, you know, and my mom's got all these things as pointers, and, you know, it'll come across. The reason I'm saying this is really important is because people listening to this who don't understand depression or mental health will go, we're being harsh here by going, oh, you can't be so cruel. Like, you know, if they're not feeling very well, you should do something about it. The problem is with depressed people, and I've been saying this a lot recently to my sister and other people about anyone who, who me asked for my advice, because it's not just my family. I'm privileged enough that people ask me outside of that too. And I always go, ultimate thing, um, depressed people want really, really quick ways out. So they'll, they'll want you to do everything. So if you offer them, uh, if you uh, two days in a row make them a sandwich, they'll expect that to be every single day because they'll go, oh God, thank God, that's one less thing to worry about. So the problem is, is that 
if the, the hard thing about dealing with a depressed person, but is really good advice, is this is what I the whole point I'm leading to, is help them when they need to be helped in terms of if they're really struggling to get out of bed, then maybe you know offer to help them get out of bed or something or make them breakfast to give them an incentive to get up but yeah. don't overburden them with support like you know my mom constantly says stay over i can't manage things and it's like no you're just struggling you're just having the anxiety of depression and you feel like you can't do things and remind them of the stuff they can do and um, that's super important and so it's it's it is this aspect of being cruel to be kind you know so when my mom said about the wheelchair thing i swear to god this is true there was a person in front of us who had an amputated leg and was had obviously some sort of really serious like um organ problem because she was clearly getting treatment on her other leg as well and she looked the happiest place the happiest person in the waiting room and i'm like looking at mom going you really need to realize like you're you're like but the problem is people who are depressed don't know their own self-awareness they've got no self-awareness like that their self-awareness is self-absorbed as in that they always think about this themselves so that's really important for people listening and we'll talk about that more the other mentally sound uh in a in a in 10 days or whatever but um Quickly, yeah. one thing my mum just said again, similar. She's like, so we, so I was walking around the backyard, and uh, and it, and I said to her, I think I said to this on on this song that I know for a fact that tomorrow the physio is going to say the exact same thing. Weather permitting, walk outside because it'll do you good. And uh, I was proven right, even though she was trying to sort of like rubbish it. But then another, she said <laughs> another thing, she, like a week after or something, we were walking again outside and she's like oh i have to go back in um you know um I, you know I, I i've walked maybe like a couple of times but now it's time to do it to finish it now i'm like remember what andy said come on let's stick to a plan and then she said oh what does andy know right you know my my surgeon knows better andy's just a physio he knows nothing nothing about operation or people I'm like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he specializes in people who've gone through such things, <laughs> he helps re- rehabilitate them. What are you <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's, it's the fact that, like, they, they it's the, it, in a nutshell, I know exactly why they do that, having been in that situation, is you're trying to find an answer to quick, to quick fix how you, like, the tr- you're trying to find a quick fix to how you're feeling. So you want to blame people and you want to go, this is the, this is what needs to be done. When you, re- you it really doesn't make any sense because you're trying to come up with a, an answer to the chaos that's in your head. Because my mom does it all the time. My mom criticises that GP every other day and the GP is ultimately the reason she's got all this amazing help. And I'm being quite frank when I say this. Is I even told her this, and I, I, this is another bit of friendly advice I'd say, and again we'll talk about it more in detail on, on the radio show. Um, but um, it's it's be like the amount of help that my mom got so quickly is amazing because I keep like so I pointed it out to my mom like whenever like call them out on their bullshit. Sorry, is the point I was getting that is you've got that's what you should do because people always go, oh, you need to be sympathetic and supportive. Yes, within reason. And it is a, like a, a, it is like a, but call them out on their absolute arse bullshit. I do that all the time, um, and and I and I'm saying that as someone who should have done that to me when I was unwell, like because that like people let me get away with things, and like you, and, and if and you can, you know, get under people's skin, and that's exactly what my mom does. Like depressed people can be quite vicious, and it's hard to not be personal when it's someone you care about, but 
Well, when you one thing I've learned is that when you become a full time carer, you're also like a part part time bullshit detector. Yes. And you have to call them out exactly like that. I'll give you one quick example. I'm sure my mum won't mind because, again, I know what she doesn't mean. And she apologised for this, actually, because it was ridiculous. She said she actually apologised to me quite, like, you know, clearly, obviously, was not happy that she said it to me. Yeah. Um, I took her to hospital on Monday for our physio, and it took longer than usual because they were double-checking everything. So we were out for about five hours, I would say. So we got she got back to her house about two o'clock. And I said, all right, go and have a nap because your carers are coming in about hot 3.30. Yeah. Um, so have a nap if you want because you're clearly tired and we've been out all day. So I go back home. She rings me when I'm back home after half an hour and then decides to give me a 10-minute rant about how awful things are, how people don't do anything for her, how it's so ridiculous that she's on her own all the time. And then I quite calmly said, this is a good example of what me and Ricky are just talking about, I calmly went, Mom, you are talking utter shit because I have just spent five and a half hours of my day, I've just gone back now to deal with my dog because my dog's missing me and whatnot. I have other priorities. And you're basically saying to me, you can't survive one hour on your own, which you should be completely like embracing because you're not going to spend a lot of time alone today and your response is to say i'm feeling really alone and nobody cares about me like how offensive is that and i know that that's how she feels at the time but what i say about calling them out on that bullshit is if you don't it gives them the incentive to keep saying it because they'll go well they didn't because they didn't they didn't call me out on it they didn't call me out on what i just said so it must be true so you have to like be Treat them like you would if some like if my mom told me, Well, I don't love you, I'd go home, that's complete horseshit, I know you love us. Like, it's the same principle. So don't treat them any differently. Like if they say something ridiculous, call them out on it. Yeah. Um that, that that's what people make the mistake of going, you know, why are you saying that? Are you okay? Like, I'm sorry, what would you like me to do? Is go, No, like I'm not making you get a wheelchair, that's ridiculous. Like, look at all these people who clearly need a wheelchair and I'm warming you around the hospital. As you said, you need more exercise, not li- not 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 like uh, you know, I do enough for you kind of thing and like um so it's making sure that you reinforce what they do do, get them to do a little bit more and not let them like you know not let them like run you over Um, when 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 we spent time particularly with that female physio um, last week Mm -hmm. and then she 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 got a sample of what it's like when my mum was like saying all this stuff and she kind of looked and then she looked at me the physio and says this is what you have to go through every day i feel sorry for you (laughs) but it was was in a sort of jovial way but you know what they say you know it, it, it I'm sure it has been for you as well, Steve, but it, it, it's, bec- it, you know, when you, and I made this point on Mentally Sound, that when you become a carer, it's like a learning curve, and you just, you just win, you just win a whole lot of respect for people who have to put up with this, like, every day, not just to maybe one person, but quite a few people. Yeah, I couldn't, don't it's think like, I could do this for, no, uh, it's like, for yeah, different it's people. Like, yeah. I'm hard out to them, and they don't get enough um, respect, but, like, for me, it was it was tough as well in the sense that you know I previously cared for my dad and that was like you know palliative care. Mm-hmm. So so when I was looking after me mum and particularly in hospital because <clears throat> it's in hospital you know after the operation where you see them in the most pain. Yeah. And I was getting like again because of my PTSD I think I was getting like flashbacks to my dad. So 
It wasn't. It wasn't at all fun going into hospital. It was just kind of horrible because you just kind of felt you felt almost <sighs> going in. It's funny. That's another thing I think we should talk about on the next um, mentally sound is that um, on the back of what you just said quite eloquently um for me what's what's been happening look with my mom is it it's bringing back like some of my symptoms of how i felt when i was unwell like um i noticed that uh i noticed that um because it's really really hard like and this is what i mean about i would not do this full time it's like it's one of the reasons i ended up leaving home is because like i could you know dealing with it because you know my mom's had periods of time before this that you know i think she's finally understanding she was depressed way longer way longer than now um so what i'm getting at is um it's fine i can deal because i understand the feelings i can deal with someone screaming at me and venting and ranting and i cannot take it personally because i completely understand the problem is because you're only human i've been dealing with that now for about two and a half months every day of like going round like not every day is and obviously she'll have days where like today she was perfectly pleasant and i liked going round it was nice um but i'm just saying you know she might ring me and scream at me or i might get there and she might scream at me for two hours and like completely lose her shit um and it's hard because it's the emo- like they're basically putting emotional baggage on you um but i think this makes complete sense is that when you do it to somebody who you really care about and if you have the awareness like i do of like this is my mom who raised me and gave birth to me like i don't for a second go well i'm just not going to do it um you know that that's the key difference is that i and and the fact that i have empathy because i've went through something similar makes it a lot easier but like yeah it's not easy it isn't it the, the i'm just saying that for the benefit of people who are supporters of people in this situation because i i know i wasn't easy when i wasn't well um so it's, so it's the but at the same time it's understanding it and that's why i'm offering advice because you know if you have went through it and witnessed people going through it then i i think that's the key point is in support them when they're really struggling but when if you can pick up the tips of when they're um they're like you know looking for negativity call them out on their bullshit and say no that's not acceptable and be perfectly you're perfectly entitled to be pissed at them that's another thing that i hear far too much of that i think's not a good idea is when someone's depressed to like not like you know my sister does it and i, I get annoyed by it as my sister goes well don't bring it up you'll just upset her and i'm like that she should be upset like like the other day my mom took the wrong tablet because she just decided i should take this and didn't tell anybody and then rang me afterwards and went i think i've made a mistake so i i legitimately screamed at her and said that's terrible and you can't do that like that's really bad and i really had a go at her and 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 i and she got the message she didn't cry or do this thing she went no you're right i you, i should be i should be shouted out for that because if i went oh it doesn't matter it gives <coughs> a depressed person this kind of view of like well okay well if it doesn't matter then i don't have to worry about if i do it again like that that's 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 why you got to react like you normally would like um the only way you should be a little bit considerate is that like i say if they're waking up you know if someone's clearly depressed and they're waking up and can't get out of bed for example don't say you lazy shit which is what i used to get um it's help them in that sense yeah. but if they're if they're taking liberties is my point call them out on it yeah. that's that so yeah we'll talk about this more mentally sound but yeah I, i've 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 been thinking about that a lot over the last week because my mom's like with this new tablet which i'm guessing is gonna affect her a little bit 
she's been very up and down recently. <laughs> she's just really been testing my patience <laughs> all the time. But she's been nice, though. I hope it's been working for her, because she's been a little bit better. So, yeah, but just whenever she's down, though, she's just, like, really, like, you know... You know, you're not doing enough. You know, why can't you just carry us? Like, why can't, like, at one point she rang me sister and went, can I not just stay with you? <laughs> like, just permanently. I'm like, it's not really, you know, I can't really Just yeah. on a last point, I mean, the other thing that annoys me with mum is that because she she, she always, like, I mean, I guess we all do this to, to, to some extent. Is this is this habit of comparing ourselves to others. So so when she, she speaks to, to others... Um, say for example, someone who's um, maybe took six months to get better through this, or um, because she's had real issues with her stockings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, these are like special stockings that you wear to prevent blood clots. Um, and all of the physios and doctors and care 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 workers have been saying, no, that's the way they're meant to be. But she's convinced that they're way too tight, and then she'll she'll try and speak to others to get some sort of backup. Like to say, so say, say I'm right, you know, because so and so said so. So, mum, you need to stop doing this, you know. It's just because they don't have the ability. Again, it's the self. It's the I. I'm just saying this to be understanding, and I'm sure you know this. It's just they don't have the ability to look at things objectively. You yeah. Know? So, so they. Well, yeah. It from from everything that we've just talked mm. about, that you know, you you're basically in a plastic bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the only one going through this compared to everybody else around you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're essentially like a, a guinea pig. You've uh, also got to be, and I think we should give each other huge credit for this. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm just I'm saying this because I want you to feel good about yourself too. Is that, um, and I guess I'm bigging myself up a little. We, you know, for people, me and you have had, you know, we talk about our disorders all the time on these shows, and like, you know, not that it defines with, but I'm just saying, you have to be pretty mentally strong to support people as far as, as much as me and you have for our mothers, and like, and, and your dad, obviously, and like, and like, you know, so it's interesting, isn't it, because the discriminatory aspect of people who get mental health treated and say that we're not we don't have willpower and we don't have desire and we don't have we're not we can't be relied on and yet look at how much we've put in to each like to help our parents and whatnot like um that i think that's a very interesting point to show that you can overcome your own like you know insecurities and i actually think we're probably more qualified to deal with it because of the fact that we've went through stuff like this um so the, you know, I hope that reinforces that the discriminatory aspect of things with mental health people are not able to do things. I think, um, I think when I went through the thing I did with my dad, it was like you know, all I remember of it. I mean, it's still, it's still a lot of it is still a bit of a blur, but I just remember kind of like going into automatic pilot because this was so surreal, so out of the ordinary that it was almost like having an out of body experience where I was losing touch with my sensitive side just to become almost like a robot and like do this thing because if it if I, if it allow, if I allow it to hit me hard then it would bowl me over and I, I just wouldn't able to care or function or do anything mm-hmm. so when it became near the time that the the realization that my mum's going to have like a major operation and she's going to be in hospital a large for a large part I was in denial because it was, it was almost like I didn't want it to happen I didn't want to do the hospital visits I didn't want to kind of have those reminders again but it was inevitable because it was had to happen because there's no other option no no but you're right I, i'm kind of now that we've kind of gone through the the thrust of it you know got over the worst of it it's like 
yeah, we can be proud of ourselves and in the way that we've kind of uh, been there for them because there's a lot of hell of a lot of people who don't have anybody. Um, no, totally. And they've got to put up with strangers and 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 I think your mum, similar to mine, kind of want want to have notable and 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 and, and friendly faces around her just to reassure them. And oh God, yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. My mum's like. I say this about myself all the time. You'll know being mates with me is that like so- socializing for me is is my key to my soul. Like to feel good about myself. Like I I I, I love socializing. Why I like doing podcasting and stuff. Um, it feels good to me to be involved. Yeah, like, to to communicate with other human beings. And I think that's ultimately what my mom's having problems with is that you know because she's getting older and our social circle is like closing, closing, and people have got their own issues and all this kind of thing. It's just like she's lost like her like you know being able to do things outside of being at home. Um, that's unfortunately what happens as you get older. Is that like it's difficult to like you know what to do with your time and and who to spend it with and obviously she broke up with my dad years ago so she's not been with anybody else like and i don't think she's ever considered that which is a shame because i think she could have done when she first it first happened i don't think it's possible now but um, but you never know <laughs> you never know but um but anyway so yeah so um i think i'll put this out as two parts actually because we've talked quite a long time but um but cool so um as we said we've took this kind of a good good way of ending because we can plug because then i'll release this what i'll do actually i'll put this in two parts and i'll put part two out on the same time as we do our next mentally sound so that makes sense so um yeah so um if you're listening to the part two version of this then uh, as well as in now then you'll um we can talk about that we're doing our next mentally sound is the 9th of march 12 to 2 p.m which is the mental health radio show we do here in the northeast of england um and yeah so we're looking forward to doing that um we get guests on and stuff and it's a lot more radio show as in um music um it has it's music and ads and all that kind of thing so it's a lot more to it's a lot more structured i guess is the right word um and yeah so um it, we do it for two hours and it's really fun so um we'll talk more about what we just did about depression and um looking after our mothers and all that kind of thing um because that obviously makes more sense on that show but um, obviously, this is about us talking about life, and that's been our lives quite a lot recently. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, so cool. So as we said, um, uh, shall the beast from the east succeed? Let's find <laughs> out next week. <laughs> On. <laughs> if we get another blast from another direction, it'll yeah. be like the 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 pe- the pest from the pest west. <laughs> The pest from the west, the mouth from the south, <laughs> the come forth from the north. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Oh, um, I, I feel like I want to make this joke of, um, and maybe I'll put this in the introduction, but um, uh, it always makes me think. Like I know we may have talked about this before. But you know the whole, like, how hurricanes have got names? Do you think it's like the people who decide to make these names look at, like, ex-girlfriends and goes, I'm going to call this hurricane Irene, because, you know, that Irene gave me such a hard time, you know, and uh, I think she should be named a hurricane, that bitch. (laughs) 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 It always makes me wonder why they call them names, like, yeah. And also, how terrible would it be? Like, I don't think, has there been a Hurricane Stephen? Probably, because it's quite a common name. They're Hurricane Ricky. That sounds oh that sounds like a that sounds like a boxer like Ricky Hatton or something, Hurricane Ricky. But no, uh, Hurricane Steven sounds 
strange. But, never um, been a, there's never been a hurricane Hitler, has it? Hurricane <laughs> Hitler, okay, yeah. These caused enough devastation. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they looked at it and went, well, he's, he's, he's already famous, isn't he? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I think they just do it so they can assign a name to the the the, the problem. No, but there is, there is, there is I, I can't remember what it is, but there is a system they go through, I think, which, um, I, I don't think it's alphabetical, but I think... I thought, that's what I was about to say, I thought I always thought that, but that's, that might be apocryphal, but there I always thought it was alphabet there order. A, oh. Yeah, there is a system they go through, I can't mm-hmm. But yeah, I've never seen, like, two hurricanes on the road, so I don't know if it is alphabetical or not. Um, but it's like, yeah, don't name your name. Like, if I named my child Sandy, <laughs> I'd be thinking of the hurricane, like, because the, it's the probably most well-known one in the last ten years, however long it's been, ten, twenty years. Um, the most annoying, the most annoying is like whenever there's a fad. Like, do you remember when when Neighbours was was at its height in the eighties and nineties? So you had these baby, the boom of babies being called Kylie and like, you know, all these sort of like... It was like, um, you know, when Ke- Kevin Keegan, I know I've said this before, when Kevin Keegan moved to Hamburg in the 80s um, and yeah. played there for two seasons when European football over the air, um, loads of people in the 80s named their um, child Kevin, that it became okay. the most popular name in the 80s in Germany. Okay. And if you think about, like, there's quite a few German footballers who have Kevin as their name. And it's all Schill? in the eighties. Sorry, Schill? is Schill? Is he Kevin? There's no, no. Schill. There's oh, Schiller, Andre Schiller. Um, uh, I, the, the two that I can think of, and it also was in Holland. It, it, there was an upside in Holland because it's obviously not far. Um, cause there was a there was a Holland player called Kevin Hofland, and he said he was named after Kevin Keegan. And um, Kevin Carani, who was a German striker, he played for Stuttgart and a few other teams. Oh, um, oh. and uh, Kevin Prince Boateng. Uh, who's played in the Premier League? He he's named after know, Kevin Keegan. Think of Shirley, It's obviously mm. Andre. But do you know who? Um, do you know who Dennis Bergkamp's named after? Dennis the Menace. <laughs> <laughs> that's my guess. Oh, is it Dennis Law? Yeah, Dennis uh, Law. Yeah. Ah, okay. That's my because guess. I think his his dad was, was a big Manu fan. Manu fan. See Manu fan. Yeah. But obviously, uh, he, he was a big Arsenal. Oh, that's cool. I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. That's cool. It makes sense, like, because I mean, it's a very English name. Uh, yeah, not Dennis Irwin. <laughs> that would be the same time. <laughs> be the same uh, era. Wouldn't it? Right, cool. So thanks very much for listening, peeps, for our, like part two thing. That's kind of good. I can get two podcasts out of this, so that's cool. Um, I'm gonna try and get some. Um, I've had a, a few um people interested in being on the podcast. As I mentioned, uh, well, I will mention this story in the introduction. Is um, I'm gonna try and get more people on to the show. Um, and have a more persistent schedule. Um, I've already done um, three episodes already this year, so that's a good start. Um, so I'm going to try and keep up with it um, and just get more people on the show. And obviously, like we just mentioned, please join us Mentally Sound on March 9th. We're going to release February's episode because I just put the special out um, that we did on the 1st of February. So we're going to put the February one out, and then, like I say, we're going to do the next one on March 9th. Um, so join us for that if that sounds fun and if you like this please do subscribe and tell your friends about Mr Geek Apocalypse and hopefully we'll be re- very soon for another edition of the show but that leads me to say a huge thank you to Ricky um, huge thank you to everyone for listening that was fun thanks very much I know yeah it felt like ages I don't know I can't quite know when we did the last one of this but yeah. and obviously the last time I 
did a podcast with Ricky was well technically the radio show on the ninth um, was last time I saw him but, uh, but uh, yeah so it's kind of cool the last podcast was it Christmas New Year wasn't it it was New Year yeah it was New Year one so I've done one for a while so yeah that's cool um, so cool so thanks so much for listening guys I'll end the podcast like I always end in the words of the great B movie robot Josh Crash and Burn and we'll see you very soon for another edition of the Geek Pops podcast thanks guys bye <laughs>